Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A here in the CHGO offices in the West Loop of Chicago. The White Sox lose in Toronto 6-5 to and fall to 23-24 and on the year. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson alongside me the holy triumvirate uh, is back together as Vinny rush? said on Twitter yeah it's it's that's rush they're it's playing appropriate. In Canada. right they're in the home of rush which, this week which one am I which Ooh. one do you want to be I'll take Getty Lee oh okay. brutal do you know do you, <laughs> can you name another one uh Neil Peart okay there you go and that's, I don't know the other I don't guy. know the other one so Alex Lifeson oh, okay. is the uh, I'll take Alex he's the yeah. guitar player all right yeah. I'll take Alex I mean Neil me is Neil Peart yeah. the professor all right I fine. mean I'll, I'll be nice Can't I'll give do. you Neil Peart it's kind of <laughs> like when you're playing I mean like you know it's like drafting uh Ghostbusters maybe you know no one wants to be you know everyone wants to be Egon everybody sure. wants to be Bill Murray right nobody wants to be Dan Aykroyd or Winston. Sure. Or yeah. Winston. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> That's whatever. That's fair. Um, <laughs> today on the CHGO White Sox podcast, we'll be talking about that 6-5 to five loss for the White Sox in Toronto. It was a close one. The White Sox had an opportunity to win or even tie, and they had more mistakes. And I think that's where we should start. Uh, here in the sixth inning, the White Sox had a rally. They were down 6-4. to four. They got the bases loaded, and surprisingly, they drove in some runs and they made it five to six or six to five. And then Yasmani Grandal came up to plate. And uh, Danny Mendick, after driving in a run, was on first base. Reese McGuire, after getting on base, was on third base. Yasmani Grandal flies out to left field. Deep. Deep to left field at the warning track, basically, as the left fielder, uh, Guriel. And he throws it into second base. Reese McGuire runs home and tags from third. Danny Mendick tags from first base, goes to second base. The throw goes to second. And Danny Mendick is out at second base. That ends the inning before Reese McGuire can cross home plate. It would have made it 6-6, six to six, would have tied the game up. And uh, obviously, that was possibly the deciding play of the game. Uh, what are you guys taking away from yet another base running mistake by the White Sox? I just don't know what he was thinking, if he was thinking at all. He being Danny Mendick. Danny Mendick. Yes. It doesn't make sense at all. Like, I'm just trying to think. Like, all the situations. Like, you have... The hottest hitter on deck next in Andrew Vaughn, who was 3-for-3 three three at the time, mm -hmm. looking for a triple to complete the cycle. Secondly, you have a slow runner at third base in Reese McGuire. Even if Reese McGuire is bringing it down the, the line as fast as he can, which he should be doing all the time. So you give a little blame to Reese McGuire. But the lion's share, 99% goes to Danny Mendick. You have to get in a rundown if you see the ball coming to second base and it's going to be a tight play. So make sure that run scores from third third base so it's a tie game and at least it's a tie game at the very least I don't know why you're going I don't know if Daryl Boston told him that if even if Daryl Boston told him to go you're smart enough as a baseball man to say you know what I'm not gonna go I'll stay right here wait for Andrew Vaughn to drive me in with a double cool I just don't know where the baseball IQ is with him in particular and I see a lot of people in the comments already blaming Tony LaRusa trust me I will blame Tony for, for enough shows, guys. Today was not Tony's fault. Not at all. Not at all. That is on Danny Mendick. Now, one play will never necessarily cost you a game. It's much larger. It seems much larger because it is the deciding factor. But it's just a bonehead play. It can't be done. I'm sure Tony and the rest of the team and Danny after the game, like, yeah, it's a bonehead play. I own up to it. My fault. 
it can't happen again. But so many times this has happened, not necessarily that play, but so many times the dumb base running has caused the White Sox to lose games. Fundamentally unsound teams running into each other all the time. Just need to clean this stuff up. It's ugly, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's ugly. And that's uh, it, here's the thing. I think that you look at the White Sox and, and Herb, like you just mentioned, right? Like one, one play does not lose a game, but – they, they did a lot of the other things that they needed to do to win right. a game tonight. They scored five runs in a game that was, that was uh, you know, started by one of the best pitchers in the American League. Yes, um, you know, Lucas Giolito was not, you know, uh, he didn't get his normal results tonight with the, with the couple of home runs that he gave up. But, you know, we've been, we've been saying, when's this team going to score? When's this team going to score? Scored five runs tonight, right. uh, and, and it should have been six. They had six, uh, and... Um, yeah, for Danny Mendick to do that, that was that was that was a real a real miscue, no doubt about it. Um, but I mean, you're right. The, I mean, look at some of the other opportunities they had, right? I mean, you can even point to the ninth inning, to the bottom of the ninth inning, or yeah. the oh, yeah. top of the ninth inning when they get the first two guys on base, uh, and and immediately double play, not just a double play, but a double play that takes out both the guys that that could have been in scoring position. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not pretty, and and the the difference. The difference uh, between winning teams and losing teams are nights like tonight when you can take advantage uh, and not make the mistake that costs you the game. Should have been six six. Should have been a tie game going into the later innings, and 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 they blew it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Give yourself a chance <laughs> to actually lose the game right. instead of just losing the game. And and you know, I see somebody saying, I think it was David up there saying, you know, consistent hustle has been an issue. There wasn't an issue of hustle uh, on, in, in that play, on my mind. McGuire was was going home and. Truly, there's no play at home. If Danny Mendick stays at first base, that gets thrown into the relay guy, and that just Andrew Vaughn comes up. Well, that, that's the only play that happens. Not only is not only is not no uh, is it not a problem that they quote unquote didn't hustle. It's potentially a problem that they hustled too much. Right. I mean, listen, I, we're not there. We're not talking to Danny in the in the in the post game. I'm sure he'll explain what he was thinking or what he was told to do. But that's very much a like grinder play right tag up from first base on a on a sack fly to the outfield kind of thing and like it's it's very much like your your hustle is maybe getting in the way of your baseball smarts there and uh that that's it it all needs to be going right at the same time and so often for the White Sox this season it's all gone wrong at the same time it's like very reminiscent of a play in game seven of the 2016 World Series where uh Albert Omora Jr. tags from first base like in the extra innings like that's when you tag up from first base in a a close to tie ball game It, it just made no baseball sense at that moment, whoever made the call uh, to tag up there. It, it's going to be interesting to see the explanation, but I saw people debating you know, whether this was worse than the Grandal decision on Saturday to send him uh, in the third inning, I believe, uh, when he was on second base. Berger hit a shot into right field. They send Grandal. Ortega throws him out by like 10 feet, but this is clearly the more egregious play because this gave you the opportunity to you know, tie the game up. And, and that Grandal one, that's a three nothing game. You're down three nothing, and that team's struggling to score runs. You only score one run that game. Like Tony's defense was, well, we're not scoring runs. They didn't score runs that game. Another game where you lose scoring five runs. It's it's just a rough look. Yeah, and I would agree with you that this play by Danny Mendick is much more egregious than the Yasmani sin. I still don't agree with the Yasmani sin, but I can understand the the explanation that Tony and uh, Joe McEwing had there. This there's no explanation there. That can be like, okay, I can get where he's coming from. No, there's none. Zero. Because you're putting yourself in the worst possible position for your team with your best hitter up next. Like, it's just, 
just fr- so frustrating. Like, you got to think of t- situation, time, who's coming up next. All those things have to come into your mind before that ball goes in the air for Danny Mendick. And then Daryl Boston has to be saying all these things. Hey, man, ball in the air, look for it, see where the ball goes. If it throws home, cool, go home or go to second. But if that ball, if that ball is th- thrown to the yeah. cutoff man or thrown to second, pause. Make sure that runner scores from home, get in the pickle, and then we'll worry about it next inning. And like we said, it was deep left field. Maybe they thought it was deep enough in the corner from left field where it would be a real tough throw. It was somewhat bang-bang. I don't think they actually challenged it, but they did look at the review to see if it was close. I mean, Mendick, maybe, you know, if he has two more feet or, you know, two more seconds or, uh, you know, half a second to get there, maybe he gets there. But you can't lose uh, another game uh, scoring five runs. And the White Sox have been scoring runs over their past 10 games, 4.4 4.4 runs per game. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but in their first 37, they were averaging 3.6. But here's the concerning number. In those first 37 games, scoring 3.6 runs per game, a record of 18 and 19. These past 10 games where you're scoring 4.4 runs per game, a record of 5 and 5. Even though you're scoring more, it really hasn't affected the record. And bonehead plays like this will cause you games, and that's why we got the, the, the new thing, new bit to introduce to Vinny. Oh, uh, yeah. 60 wins, 60 losses, and the other 42. Good old Hawk Harrelson. I've been seeing this. I've been seeing these graphics pop up on our <laughs> Slack every day for the last however long we, we've been doing it, and I, I can't for the life of me without anybody explaining it to me figure out my, what it could my be. My favorite thing <laughs> is that I made the graphic and spelled losses wrong the first time. And, and have and, done and, it again. And we continue <laughs> to keep misspelling nope. losses. Losses. Like, uh, it's, not, it's not on you. I sent we you have- a bad Photoshop. Uh, template that's on me uh but hawk used to say hawk guru sure uh, used to say yeah. you win 60 you lose 60 it's the other 42 that counts so you, we're you, seeing if that actually comes true okay and sure i want to know how these are being assigned shouldn't okay. they just stack up in order and then at once you get to the final 42 games of the season yeah so i thought about that we we went through uh like other teams you win 60 you lose 60 it's the other 42 that count like the 2016 cubs that i referenced they won 103 games they lost 59 so they had a perfect 42 and 0 record there you go. um so it, it is tough to assign these it's all been subjectively assigned okay. by uh mainly me sure. and herb checked one of the games um <laughs> But basically, we'll run through the other 42 uh, so far, the 9-9 nine and nine that they are. And like, you know, an example, the Braves who won last year, they were 28-13 and 13 in their other 42. Uh, I think the Nationals who won in 2019 were like uh, 18 and something. Like they were below 500 yes. in, in their, their other 42. Uh, opening day, the 5-4 loss. That's in the other 42. So that's the, the first loss of the other 42. Because the White Sox could have won that game. It was a blown save by Liam Hendricks opportunity to win that game close it out they lose there are games that you win and win convincingly there are games that you lose and lose convincingly and and this is part of the okay the the five two win versus detroit the 10-1 win versus detroit that's in the win column and those are the first two does it surprise you that the other 42 is at 500 500, (laughs) so i don't know i don't we we really don't know what to do with this data i don't know what it will show us i just think they're using up a lot of those 42 for losses (laughs) Like, they yeah. have nine wins and also the nine losses, and we can remember most of them. They're very painful. This this was a game that the White Sox should have had multiple times, I believe. So, yeah, it's just part of the 42, and we're getting way too many of them. 
I need to get some more convincing wins in that bracket. We're losing right now as far as wins. The wins are only at 14. The losses are at 15. The guaranteed losses. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and that's why they're below 500. I mean, 14 plus 9, this, 15 plus 9, that's one below 500, friends. I mean, I know we're, adds up. we're talking about negativity about this game because they did lose. But yeah. I feel the five runs, especially without Tim Anderson, is encouraging, especially against Kevin Gausman and the rest of the Blue mm-hmm. Jays staff. Encouraging to see. Now, moral victories are for children mostly. And this is a major league baseball team. But I'm going to look for a silver lining that this team maybe found something over the weekend and now are continuing in Toronto versus tough opponents. I would never have thought they would have had 13 collective hits versus Toronto and, and some of them in hard hit balls against Kevin Galsman all day long. So I'll say that I'm encouraged by what I saw with the good at best the White Sox had today. Now, they need to just eliminate some of the dumb plays they can uh, make themselves into. And then I think a team, like when we turn this 42 uh, eventually in, those are, you know, because they did smart things. They did the fundamentally uh, right things to do. Turning double plays when they're assigned to you, not making an error. Running the bases correctly, which they usually do. They're a really good base running team. They stole a lot of good bases. Now, the high, hitting comes high together. High too. Yeah, yeah. The, high, the pitching comes together with the hitting and the smart baseball and the defense. This team can go places. That's why... We don't give up on this team because we know they're much better than they've shown this year. Well, to throw this out, I think Baloney mentioned that this team is below 500 since the All-Star break last last year. year. And this is still bad fundamentals. I mean, even though there is some encouraging signs, we have, you know, Harrison running into Andrew Vaughn in left field in Cleveland, Harrison running into Andrew Vaughn in uh, right field in Chicago, Leury and uh, Abreu colliding down the right field line in Chicago as well. This happening today, sending Grandall. Like, I I don't know what to think of this team post-2021 All-Star break. Uh, Do you guys have any different view on on that just because they have been struggling so much since last July I mean at the same time you got to give credit where it's due the pitching has been superb in in that in that same time frame I mean obviously uh you know you had some guys running out of gas needing a little bit of a rest at the at the end of last regular season like Rodon that was also the stretch with Tim Anderson was hurt last year right right but uh but I mean so far this year it's been very good obviously tonight a, a rare uh, uh, off night for a starter, right? I mean, those those have been few and far between. Um, the pitching's been really good, uh, but the hitting has not been there. And, uh, you know, you would like to think that health would play a, a, uh, play a role. You would like to think that, you know, you know, the weather getting warmer would play a role for some of these guys, and, and you're seeing it. I mean, that ball Jose Abreu hit tonight to the warning track in center field, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and plus plus another two hits and a, and a walk for him. I mean, he's looking like himself, uh, and, and you know, that can't come at a better time for the White Sox with T.A. on the injured list. Uh, Vaughn, you mentioned, uh, look, looked terrific tonight, Insane, obviously. Yeah. So um, there's some guys. There's some guys. But, uh, but yeah, overall, they, they, they haven't clicked. It has not clicked. And Herb's absolutely right. I mean, it could click tomorrow, and, and – this team could just take off, you know, but so far we haven't seen that. And uh, so certainly reasons for folks to be worried and folks to be upset, but, you know, this is baseball and I guess you can't count anybody out uh, until they're mathematically out because there's just so much left to do. And with Jose Bray, you mentioned him having a good night. How does uh, three balls hit over 100 
sound. I mean, that just sounds like he's coming back. And it really felt like an effective and powerful 2-3 today. Andrew Vaughn had a great day. Four for five with four hits off of right-handed pitching. And Jose Abreu uh, was able to get on base, had two singles, uh, a lot of loud outs. Uh, very nice to see Grandall struggling, though, at the top of the lineup. I believe also you mentioned that it was Berger, Berger uh, who five. didn't get a hit. But, hey, he's been hitting mostly. Uh, so, overall, I mean, the offense has been good. This is good to see against an elite right-handed starting pitcher in Kevin Gosman, you know, just wasn't a perfect game. Uh, let's go to Lucas Giolito's night because, again, he wasn't perfect. He wasn't bad, though. Uh, did struggle, gave up some home runs. Four and two-thirds for Giolito today. Six earned runs allowed. Eight hits given up, two walks, but struck out 18 of the 14 outs that he made. So what do we make of Giolito's start tonight? Subpar. Just uh, didn't get the job done for any starting pitcher. Firstly, you need to get at least the five innings. That's the minimum. And for Lucas Giolito, I expect more. I expect much more versus, I know they're a tough-hitting team, and Alejandro Kirk hit a pop fly that went out, and the second one was a was a real home run. But he's playing in this ballpark, and he goes out in this ballpark and the 12 others. So I don't, I don't say this is not a bad start. I would say it's subpar. Like, this is not on Lucas Giolito's level. I expect him to be sub three earned runs every time he's out there. I know it's not real. I know it can't do that. He didn't have his good stuff, and up until a point, I was like, okay, he's going to skate. After he got into that fifth inning, I was mm -hmm. like, all right, he might get through that. And then that hit that was uh, Adam Engel almost caught, I was like, oh, he could have just got out of that inning. And I know people are, like, poo-pooing. It's like, oh, Adam Engel should have caught it. He's diving the, for a ball. Yeah, he should on not some have caught that. On some turf. Covered a lot of ground. Where yeah. he's like, if he, yeah. if he almost caught, breaking his wrist. Yeah, if he caught that, that's his second highlight uh, real play that he just made in, like, the past three games. Yeah, yeah, but Lucas, yeah, this is, he'll tell you himself. And I'm, if Rick ever joins us here on the postgame, he'll tell you. It wasn't Lucas's best start. It was below what he expects. And when we hear the quotes, Lucas is going to MF himself. He's going to say, no, that's not what I do. I do better than that. I don't care who's on the, who's on the other side. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be there's going to be starts like this for every pitcher in baseball. Even the guy who wins the Cy Young is going to have days like this throughout the year. Uh, but at the same time, you're absolutely right. They don't expect to. You know, I mean, their, their expectation is to do a lot better um, than uh, than they did tonight. So, uh, or than Lucas did tonight. So, um, yeah, it, it when it again, it just it, they cannot really seem to line this up, right? I mean, they finally get some runs on the board, and Lucas has an off night, even though right. he's been fantastic the entire year. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Cease had a game not too long ago where he was knocked around and and, and out of there early, and it's like. You can't even you can't even count on that uh, you know from a guy who's been really really good so um, yeah it's just not lining up right now and and it, we I think I think the idea is we can keep saying that there's a lot of baseball left to play and that's true there mm -hmm. is but every day there uh, there's less right yes, and, right. and <laughs> so it gets less and less early as the, as the long we go the further we go along and if we keep saying these exact same things every day it's going to start to be a problem very soon that seems to be the overwhelming and inconvenient truth with the white Sox is that with every game they play the shorter and shorter the season yeah. gets uh yeah with giolito you got to credit the blue jays for good hitting that second inning uh it was teoscar hernandez who just absolutely beautifully turned on a slider, laced it out, hit it off the center field wall. It was a, just a great piece of hitting uh, by Teoscar Hernandez. And then Alejandro Kirk hits a 
a, a changeup that, you know, first pitch changeup, belt high. Alejandro Tiberius Kirk. Alejandro <laughs> Tiberius Kirk. Yeah. Uh, Alejandro Tiberius Kirk uh, took a changeup that was belt high, and he hit it up into the sky. And, you know, you look at, uh, there was a, an at-bat from Vlad Guerrero later. Vlad Guerrero hit a ball that was 99 miles per hour uh, off the bat at 43 uh, degrees uh, off the bat, and Alejandro Kirk hit it 101 at 41 degrees, and that's the difference between a, you know, just a little fly ball in left field that flies out for Guerrero, and then Kirk hitting a sky or a wall-scraping home run. So, I mean, right there, it's good hitting right there by the Blue Jays. You get a man on second, and KPW said before, you know, runners in scoring position, the Blue Jays have been better recently at driving those guys in, and, and that's great hitting by Kirk. And then the other home run he gives up to Kirk is a slider below the knees, below the zone that he goes out and absolutely blasts. So I, I do got to give credit to Kirk. He got he had three hits today, um, and he just looked fantastic with the bat. So, you know, Giolito overall, I don't think that especially looking at the guys who hurt him, he had a good day against Bichette, had a good day against Guriel, had a good day against Guerrero. Like, overall, I think that this was a fine performance from Gio, and it's just, again, tweaking to make this uh, the right kind of mix for Giolito. But, I mean, there was that bat that he had against Vlad Guerrero where, I mean, he, he looked like uh, yeah, he looked like an ace. I mean, it was just absolute dominant stuff. Uh, I think it was George Springer. It was George Springer, I think it was. Was it? I mean, he looked good a couple times. He had eight strikeouts. His slider was working uh, a couple times. Uh, then he only struck, what, only walked two guys. The pitching line. Yeah, and those is, walks didn't hurt him. It's fine, but just executing. And some of those balls just do drop in. The George Springer half swing to right field, and that, I think, started the fifth inning off poorly for Lucas Chilito, where he didn't exit the uh, inning uh, cleanly and gave up the six earned runs. I think he expects more. I expect more of him. And, yeah, six innings or six uh, earned runs is not Lucas Giolito, and I'll put this in the subpar category. Yeah, Giolito in that first at-bat to Springer, uh, a 92-mile-per-hour fastball, 92-mile-per-hour fastball, 92-mile-per-hour fastball, followed it up with two sliders, then threw a change at 80 miles per hour, and then to get uh, Springer swiking, uh, striking out swinging, uh, throws a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. So the 15-mile-per-hour difference on that changeup and fastball uh, was deadly on that pitch. But, yeah, just didn't have it uh, for every single at-bat. Uh, we can look at the pitch mix for Giolito. Uh, n- nothing truly stands out. I mean, the fact that the called strike plus whiff percentage is at 31, that is above average. That's good. Uh, I think he had uh, 18 total whiffs, 16 total whiffs uh, on the day, 18 total whiffs on the day, 30. 39% whiff percentage. That is elite. Uh, but again, this is a very good hitting team, and their hitters had some very good at-bats. So I, I, I do think that overall, if Giolito sees this team again, maybe when they come to guaranteed rate field, might have a better outing just because, you know, maybe he'll just be a little bit sharper, and this is a, a 5-3 win for the White Sox instead of 5-6. Or, But, you know. That's how baseball works. We, you can remember. <laughs> you can remember too the uh, the the Houston the two Houston series last year, um, where you know every every you know pitcher the White Sox threw out there, with the exception of Carlos Rodon, when they went down to Houston, uh, got you know lit up by by the Astros bats. Uh, and then in the second regular season series, when they come back, both Giolito and Rodon were sensational uh, against them uh, uh, on on the South Side. So, mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, it, there's something to be said for. Uh, you know, seeing him again and, and having it go differently. But, uh, 
you can't give up six runs. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> series, too, just because, I mean, we're going to see uh, Toronto in, in late June, very similar to that Houston series there. I mean, are you taking anything away of, of game one? We were thinking that this was going to be likely a Blue Jays win uh, going into this game. It was a Blue Jays win, but it, it felt a little closer than I expected. You taking anything away from this game, or do you need to see more from the Sox and Blue Jays? I, I think I think the I think the bats were a positive today, and I mean to chase Gausman after five innings. I mean to to do the damage that they were able to do against him. Good on him. You know what I mean. This is a this is a team where really <laughs> the 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 bar for offensive impressiveness uh, is has been so low for them this season because they haven't been able to do anything offensively. I think they cleared it by a lot today, just uh, you know, going against the caliber of pitcher that they were going against. Uh, you know, we brought up in the pregame show when they when they faced Robbie Ray uh, back in April. Um, you know, when when the Mariners came to town, uh, a, a similar situation here with another uh, uh, perhaps a second straight Blue Jay to win the uh, to win the Cy Young, uh, and they 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 performed I think a lot better than than all of us or anybody else probably thought they were going to, especially the first day being without Tim Anderson. Well, it's been interesting too, like versus Nathan. E Valdi, they score four runs versus uh, Garrett Cole. They score four runs uh, versus uh, Nestor Cortez. They score five runs, or at least that game they score five runs. Luis Severino, five runs. Uh, Nick Pavetta, they put up three runs. Michael Waka, uh, seven runs. Marcus Stroman, they put up five runs. Uh, it does feel like maybe versus some of these brand name right hand pitchers, they come out a little bit more uh, again against Gosman tonight. Uh, they had a nice night with the bat. So uh, definitely interesting just to see how they're performing up against some of these elite uh, possible postseason matchups. Well, and I'll say this too. We talked about it in the in the pregame and obviously, uh, you know, Sox Twitter was uh, had had a reaction to the lineup <laughs> when it was posted earlier today. Uh, you know, a lot of guys who are not supposed to be in that lineup on a daily basis, right? Um, and they they came through. Uh, we were talking about the bottom of the order uh, throughout throughout the day. Angle, Reese McGuire had a couple of hits. Um, Mendick had a couple of Josh hits. Josh Harrison had a couple of yeah. good hits and a couple of good productive outs. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this was – this was uh, uh, we were talking about, you know, in Tim Anderson's absence, what they're going to need in order to not just stay afloat but get better and, and, and close the gap with Minnesota is – they're going to need some of those fill-in performances like they got last year from from Jake Lamb and Brian Goodwin and your mean Mercedes, right? You know, in addition to Grandal and Abreu and 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 all the you know Aloy and Robert coming around, they need to get some of that too, especially if you know while Tim's out. So they they got that today, and I think that's a positive. And I want to speak about the best at bat I saw all day long. It was that Andrew Vaughn's second appearance. Oh, hold on. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll oh, get you got to that. read we'll the get, read? I got to read the read, but then also there, there's some Sorry. other things. We can do some good and bad with Andrew Vaughn and Yasmani Grandal, maybe. my great read. We got an update from uh, Danny Mendick in Toronto as well. I do want to say, though. Uh, like they, he's going he's to join us in Toronto? He's, yeah, he's yeah. going to join us. Uh, he's, <laughs> Put him in the bubble. He's pulling a Vinny. Yeah. Um, I do want to just correct myself. Uh, Alex Rude saying uh, they were shut out by Stroman. Uh, yes, they were. And uh, Severino pitched seven uh, scoreless innings uh, in that game but so, you, I think you, you said Jake. in those games they scored in the, those, those games those yes runs. but again against those elite right-handed pitching uh, they did nothing so I guess my point that I was trying to make uh, didn't really stand the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up if you do that right now you get two risk free bets up to two thousand dollars that's not it if you make a fifty dollar or more first time deposit you'll receive a free CHGO membership which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker that's two thousand dollars in free bets a free CHGO membership and a free t-shirt from the CHG 
Geo Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's newest feature, the live NBA same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA same-game parlay only with PointsBet. You can combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can also boost your live same-game parlays. You can watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. Points bet. Online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And I got to mention our new partner at OWN. I have to tell you about OWN, which stands for Only What You Need. OWN is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-free, no gluten or dairy, and they're easily digestible. I just had a sip, right? I just had a sip of the strawberry banana one. They sent some flavors over. They got a chocolate one. They got a vanilla one. They got a salted caramel or maybe just a caramel flavor one. And salted then a caramel. salted caramel, Delicious. right? And, uh, and, and a strawberry banana one. I tried the strawberry banana one. It's plant-based. That thing's creamy as hell. That is, it's a really, like, I was surprised that it is vegan. And that's probably why Justin Fields is a partner with them. That's why the Chicago Bears quarterback, who is on a uh, plant-based diet, is a partner with OWN. Uh, and the first I heard about it was from <laughs> Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. OWN and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveown.com. Again, that is L-I-V-E-O. O-W-Y-N.com. And if you use code CHGO20, you'll get 20% off your first purchase at liveown.com. Join me and Justin Fields and the CHGO family and try own. It is only what you need. All right. Do we want to go into Andrew Vaughn and Yasmani Grandal, or do we want to get an update from Toronto and Danny Mendick? This is a real choose your own adventure. It right is. Now. I'll let you guys yeah. pick. I want Danny Mendick. I want to see what he has to say about his blunder. I'm driving the show. You guys are picking, you know, hey, we're going left or we're going right. Uh, Page 58. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I died. <laughs> from Daryl Van Scowen. Let's go back. Uh, the, the, the Flying Dutchman of the Chicago Sometimes. Uh, this is from Tony LaRusa. Mendick came in and apologized. First of all, it was a good play, but when you tag up and have the play in front of you and the throw goes there, you have to stop. You stop. So Tony LaRusa, who has been around baseball for over 40 years, understands how baseball is played. No shock. I mean, I have not played any professional baseball, <laughs> and I knew that. Danny Mendick's playing baseball professionally, what, the last 10 years? Come on now. Come on now. That's fundamental. You got to know the rules. I don't know. If, That's probably why if, he's apologizing. I mean, good to apologize. That should have been known already. And I'm not into punitive. I'm not in. These are grown people. I know people want oh send them, cut them out, cut them now. It's like, no, just learn your lesson. It's a loss. It's tough. But I wish he would have known this before the game. It's, it's just fundamental smart. I well, think he had to know it. It, it, before the game, too. I mean, this is just fundamental baseball. I'd be surprised if Danny Mendick didn't know it, probably why he's coming in and apologizing. Right. He obviously knew it. He just yeah. screwed up. And uh, and I think that uh, something that Tony always says, uh, and, and and really I've heard multiple managers say this, and Ricky said it a lot, too, going back to, to, to the previous skipper, um, you don't want to coach aggressiveness out of a player. And there are nights in different situations where Danny Mendick doing that on a fly ball to deep left field and getting in safely to second base could be the reason the White Sox end up winning a game, right? Yeah. But again, 
in this situation, mm-hmm. it was very much the wrong thing to do. If point there's being, one, yeah, if there's point, one, or if there's no outs, then I'm fine with it. If he, if he gets, you know, if, if there's two outs, that's still a double play, but a run right, scores, it's not I a don't scoring care. play. Right, right. exactly. But, yeah, you know. it's like, yeah, right. My point being that, like, there could be a situation where there's no other runners on base. He's on first. That ball gets hit to the outfield. He's able to tag and make it to second base because of the aggressive way that he plays the game. And all of a sudden, you got a runner in scoring position. But uh, tonight, in that very specific situation, you don't do that. And that's where that baseball IQ comes in. Yeah, you got to know what's going on. You got to have the situational awareness. Interesting night from Mendick, though. Two for four, filling in for Tim Anderson. He did have a run and two RBIs and the big play. So, I mean, it, it is interesting because if he doesn't have that play, if he stays at first base, that run scores. It's a six six game. It's a lot of what if here. But Danny Mendick, outside of that play. Had a very good night, so and that's what you're going to need for him uh, when with Tim Anderson out for possibly three weeks here. I, I don't know what you guys have thought about Danny Mendick as a player for the Sox, but he's going to be put into you know obviously a, a bigger position here uh, with TA being out. We'll obviously see Leury uh, mixed in there, Harrison probably mixed in there, but right now Garcia's out. Um, I don't know if overexposure is going to happen here with Mendick, but how are you feeling about Mendick getting more of a spotlight in the next three weeks here, Herb? He's played well. He's hit well. Um, so yeah, it's good to see him do uh, to do the job while he's getting the opportunity. But as you were just talking about, overexposure will be his worst enemy because if he plays a lot, he'll be the player that he is, which is a four A player, uh, a marginal MLB player, which is great. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you get exposed, it's not good for the team. But I would much rather have Lurie Garcia be picking up those innings at shortstop or somebody else. And Danny Mindick take his role as a fifth infielder perfectly, a pinch runner late in the game, something like that, if he doesn't do bonehead things like this. Yeah, he's perfectly fine. He, the game he had was probably altogether a B-. minus. That one play ruined a mm-hmm. lot of that, that uh, good feeling we had about him today. He needs to keep hitting. If he keeps hitting, he's going to keep playing. And, I mean, you got a lot of people, be it on Twitter or in our chat right now or just in general over the last few days, complaining, complaining, complaining about Josh Harrison, who has had a terrible offensive season so far. Danny Mendick can play second base. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he keeps hitting, go ahead and give Leury Tim's uh, at-bats while Tim's out. Danny Mendick should play second base because he can hit. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's about riding that hot bat right now, and it's especially about riding a hot bat when the team has had the offensive issues that it has had. So, Mendick, if he's going to keep getting on base, keep playing him because you'll, you'll, you're going you're gonna to succeed with him doing that far more often uh, than not if, if he keeps producing. There's been a discussion uh, recently with the way that Jake Berger has been hitting. Obviously, Moncada is activated of moving Berger to second base. If we're looking at the options... Not happening. Yeah, I know it's not happening. <laughs> uh, all right, well, hey, it's, it's not happening. You heard it from Vinny. Sorry, I, did I just shave about 15 minutes off no, this podcast? No, no, we were going to... We it was only 10 minutes on Jake Berger at second base. Um, I mean, but Mendick right now, uh, uh, an OPS of plus 116. His defense isn't great at shortstop. His outs above average, minus one this year. Second base, minus one. Harrison, second base, you know, zero outs above average. He's been, you know, pretty average. Garcia, I think about the same. Uh, but Mendick is so far the better hitter uh, of, of those three. So uh, if Which you wouldn't have guessed. Hit, 
Right. Oh, yeah. But it's only 12 games, too. So, I mean, you, you look at Mendick's career, started off in 2019, 16 games, very small sample size, uh, but a 787 OPS, an OPS plus of 107. In 2020, played 33 games, an OPS plus of 81. In 2021, he starts going the opposite way. More games, 71 games, uh, an OPS plus of 63. Uh, and this year, through 12 games, an OPS plus of 116. And down in Charlotte, in nine games, he has an OPS of 900. So I don't know, maybe he's worked on something. Maybe he's tailored that swing a little bit to, to help him. It feels like he's taking advantage of his power a little bit more. A lot of his uh, hits have come pull side. So I don't know if that's something that he's just selling out for power right now, but maybe it's something. Uh, that's what the White Sox are looking for right now. Something uh, offensively, and Mendick uh, provided two bat runs batted in and a run today. So, I, I, you know, again, B minus because of the, the big play. But overall, if he has more B games, I don't think the White Sox, I mean, that's what Billy Hamilton, that's what Brian Goodwin gave them last year were B games when they might have been getting, you know, A games from Aloy out in left field or something like that. So, you know, Mendick's value uh, obviously going to be seen here over the next three games. Uh, we see Eric Fenton saying Abreu and Grandal are washed. Uh, I don't know Stop about Abreu. Uh, Abreu just had a real Stop nice game uh, with, with three hard hit balls Even over when Abreu was not getting the results, he was hitting the ball really damn hard. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, now the balls are dropping in because... And he's walking more. Exactly. A lot They're more. scared. They're yeah. scared of Abreu because the pitchers see. The pitchers tell you about how a pitcher's, how a hitter's going, about how they pitch him, and they were not interested. Kevin Gaussman was not interested. Not the non-interested side on pitching them to bring you with that at bat. And speaking of at bats, can I get to my Andrew Vaughn yeah, stuff? We, well, <laughs> I was going to go to Grandal first because no. it was Abreu and Grandal. Grandal's let's, toast. Let's go to the Andrew Vaughn at bat in the first inning. Uh, 11 pitches for Andrew Vaughn. This is the third inning one. This is the third, oh, this is the third inning. The oh, first right, inning I'm sorry. Home run. Yeah, the first one. We'll go to the we'll, we'll, real quick. The first one, Kevin Gosman tries to throw two splitters to Andrew Vaughn, and again, that is like the best pitch from a right-handed pitcher uh, in all of baseball right now. He tries to double up on the splitter. Andrew Vaughn has none of it and hits a hundred and two mile per hour home run uh, out to left field. It was awesome. Uh, I love seeing Andrew Vaughn hit. Four for five today. It feels like he's you know finally getting back in that rhythm after having that injury, having that bruised hand. Uh, and if he's going to do this against Gosman, uh, just imagine what he'll do against the bad AL Central pitching. But the second at-bat, take it away, Herb. Gosman comes into that at-bat with, I think, 41, 42 pitches. And then Andrew Vaughn just... There was nothing that Gausman could get past Andrew Vaughn. He just kept on fouling everything off. So sliders start off. Then another slider. Four-seamer, splitter, splitter, four-seamer, slider, four-seamer, splitter, four-seamer. And then he ends it off with another slider. And Andrew Vaughn, just he's a professional hitter. I cannot state more that how great he has turned into in his second year of playing baseball. Kevin Gausman is a top of the AL, if not top of the MLB, pitcher. And he played him like a fiddle. He knew exactly what pitchers he's going to feature after hitting homer off of the guy in the first inning. Just a phenomenal at bat just to say, I'm here. You're not getting me out. Anything you throw to me, oh, that splitter, it's uh, top of the league, cool. I'll file that off. File that off. Fastball, cool. File that off. Oh, you're going to throw me a slider? Crushed. Right. He's just... I'm so surprised how good he is. I shouldn't be because the White Sox gushed I about this guy. You. They gushed about him. Who we traded for? Adam Frazier. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> no, Sean Manaya? Man, I'll kill you. No, that's Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> and now we see it. 
Like, I'm sure Rick Hahn was like, you batting Andrew Vaughn ninth, Tony La Russa? Mm, are you kidding me? That guy is a top of the, the lineup guy, and he's shown it every time he's got, gone up to the top of the lineup. The guy is just a phenomenal talent that knows how to hit, and they were talking about it in the game with uh, Gordon Beckham and Jason Benetti. Like, he at that time was the best pure hitter in that draft, and they knew that he was going to be a good hitter. I didn't think it was going to come this quickly. In college, just to remind everybody, in 160 games, he hit 374, 495, slug 688. That's an OPS of one. Uh, that's a, an OPS of 1183. Uh, so that's very, very good. 495. Uh, oh, a, a 500 OBP. That's every other at bat. You're on base. Yes. Yeah. And it feels. And a I mean, lot. he did that Pac-12. more. Good. Yeah, he did and that more than today. Pack 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's against Oregon State pitching. And here's you know Eric Fenton's uh, just real quick saying uh, you know Abreu's holding Vaughn back from paying his natural position. He's 24 years old, and also his natural position is hitter. Uh, so really, I mean, yo, Yasmani Grandal is holding him back from. His natural position. A lot of Abreu uh, hate. I think. Gavin I think. Sheets. I think Eric Fenton might be. I don't know. Maybe he's like Is Sean's uh, burner. Move a <laughs> move Abreu for a legit second baseman. The there, Abreu is val- more valuable than every second baseman in the league. Uh, unless I'm forgetting about one. You know. Uh, who uh, is there any? Like, I mean, top? not. It's not Marcus. Altuve? Not Altuve's Marcus ha- Simeon anymore. Yeah. is <laughs> having a great year. And so Altuve, maybe I don't know. I, knock it off. Uh, just knock it off with the Abreu stuff. We were, we were doing that in April. Well, you knock it off now. Uh, he's back. Uh, just w- wait until August. He might hit like 200 uh, or uh, have an OPS plus of 200. Uh, August but, Abreu is, the, is, uh, the, is peak Abreu. Ooh, watch yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but, and especially if he's walking. Uh, but again, Andrew Vaughn, just to you know, keep raining on uh, the, the accolades to him, uh, he made his AAA debut this year. Like he skipped it completely. Uh, I, asked like, him, I asked him that question. He was not having it. What well, do you mean? We asked him after he got back from the rehab assignment, I go, uh, what was it like to get your first taste of AAA pitching? And I thought that was going to be a hilarious yeah. a hilarious joke. I would and think so. He just went up. It's, up. it's the same game everywhere. Okay, well, this is also the guy that hits, like, <laughs> and, you know, go-ahead home runs in the seventh inning and then walks around just completely dead. And one that guy go down the AAA, the second game just hit two home runs casually. He's like, hmm. Well, no, yeah, that was the thing. The first game, he had, like, an 0-for-3 game. The second game, he hit two home runs, and then they immediately put him on a plane. And he got to wear that hilarious Charlotte Knights home run helmet. Yes. That was and we need to see uh, Aloy in there when he gets back in there, what, tomorrow? Let's go, Aloy. Come on. Moncada's worn it already. Vaughn's worn it. Aloy's going to probably be next. Adam Hazley wore it twice tonight and has 21 total bases in the past three games. I'm which, just saying. Which, we've talked about this in the press box before. Which White Sox player would you most want to see wearing the Charlotte Knights home run helmet? I think Abreu. I think it's got to be Yaz, right? I think Abreu because of the facial hair and the way it sure, would stick out. Sure. And then him yelling the whole time, Yaz! T.A. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't look that cool in it. I'll be honest. I think T.A. looks probably, cool in everything. That's, but, like, <laughs> T.A. looks cool. Like, I don't know if T.A. needs a Knight You helmet. think the Charlotte Knights home run helmet would take away some of T.A.'s coolness? As a, as a it shorter... It would rob him of his mojo, Austin Powers style. As a shorter <laughs> guy, I don't think that we were made to be Knights. I think... I think, you know, he's... he's Andrew a, Vaughn's not very tall. He's six feet, at least. I mean, I Is think Tim Anderson, Tim Anderson's about that same height. Yeah. Who's taller? Yeah, who do, I think you're, you're you're in the clubhouse. Who's taller, Tim Anderson? Or I Andrew would Vaughn? guess Ta, but you can probably just find it by oh, looking. I can, at but yeah, I was yeah, just, he looks taller. But I think <laughs> Ta is taller by an inch. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That doesn't feel right. What, Ta what? being taller than Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. Andrew Vaughn's not very tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really he's good at hitting a, though. He's a professional hitter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. Don't need to be tall. Hey, <laughs> what have we learned about today? 
Our guy KPW could have told us about this Alejandro Kirk. What a jerk. 5'8". He tells us about Danny Jansen. 5'8", 245 my ass. I'm 5'10", and I'm 290. He's about the same size as I am. He's probably 275 at the lowest weight. Stop it now. But he can hit his ass off. I can't hit like that. Oh, he, he got to wear the Blue Jays home run uh, sport coat twice tonight. We need one of those things. Do we? I thought that was ugly. The jean, oh, the jean jacket with style. all so of the, uh, when, the, when, the nationalities. It's are not the, g- denim. It's blue. It's a sport coat. It looks. It looked no, a little denim. That's that's no. on me. I mean, that would be a Canadian uh, tuxedo. If well, he that's had what I thought. I thought it was no. like they're playing on the no. Canadian tuxedo. It's like a suit, like a suit jacket. But uh, uh, I asked, I asked Andrew Vaughn. I go, you guys need something up here to to come up with something. Obviously, the bullpen's got the uh, the uh, the yeah, uh, Thor hammer. What is it uh, called again? Uh, Mjolnir, okay, of course. Uh, you know, made of enchanted uru. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but the White Sox need something for the home run, and I really do think it should just be it should be socks. It should be a pair of White Sox <laughs> that they put on either on hands. I would say <laughs> well, that- two on the hands or one on mm-hmm. the bat. Yeah, on the bat that you hit the home run with. I kind of like that, yeah. like a Mister Sacco, Mick Foley style. You right. paint, paint a face on Absolutely. it. Absolutely, and and just googly eyes. I <laughs> I think you're onto something. They had the chain. What did we like the chain? The home the run chain, chain was short lived. It was it was rebuilding era. It I was feel not, like it was done by other teams as well. Yeah, it was done yeah. by Miami right. uh, Hurricanes. The yeah. turnover, turnover chain. chain. Right. Yeah. 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 And what the Padres did it too. It was too much, too much stuff. I, I want to point out why I don't jacket. like this. It's not a one size fit all kind of thing. Look at this. He looks ridiculous. He's swimming in way it. too small on him. Yeah, I mean that's real short on them. I mean you could see where it's fat coming up when he's pull, pulling up. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, definitely that's a fat, fat guy, guy in a big coat. He's stuck yeah. with his shoulders up so he doesn't rip the thing. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> if he work. just if he if he Hulk Togans that at all, it's I mean true. that's that's ripping right through all those patches they have on the back. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't look denim. I mean it does look like a sport coat now that I see that picture, but I mean. Like a darker denim, maybe. If they win the World Series, somebody's got to wear that to the White House. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It'll be Alejandro Kirk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do the Blue Jays go to the White House if they win the World Series, or, or do, do they, they go, go to, to meet what, Trudeau? Well, what do they do uh, in the nineties? What is? Where are they? Where's their? Uh, is it Ottawa? Ottawa, yeah. Uh, why would we know okay. that? What do you mean? Why would we know that? Well, you knew that. You knew the that. The capital of Canada is Ottawa. Ottawa. <laughs> oh. I, I did not know yeah. that. Come on, no. Now. Oh, okay. Did you know that? I, I kind of said it with him. Oh, I was like, I, well, he, he looked like he was. I don't know. I, I, I guess I was the only one that didn't know. Another, was the here's capital. another great home run celebration idea for the White Sox: move the center field shower to the dugout. Home run oh, shower. Oh my god! If they if they did home run shower, home run shower, that'd be iconic. Or yes. bring back your other idea. They got the goose somewhere. Just have yes. the goose yes. spitting out <laughs> alcohol at people. Miller Lite will be Fill mad. It up. Um, but here's, 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 here's plastic cups in the dugout. Here's something to, 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 to share with you. Here's uh, Joe Carter giving Joe uh, George W. or George, George w, H.W. George H.W., yeah. uh, one of them, uh, a Blue Jays jersey. The okay, 92. Uh, I guess they do get to go to, to the, the White House series. then. They do. So good for them. That's that's good to know. Uh, <laughs> they probably do a little visit with Justin Trudeau, I'd, I'd imagine I would, as well. They'd probably get to, like, you know hang out in parliament all year all you know all winter if they wanted to they celebrate all around canada it's true and none of it in none of it yeah, yeah. You know, which is have, a white Sox country if you guys didn't know that they uh they also have a uh, uh, milk and bags up there i don't know if you guys knew that so canada's weird what's milk and bags is that that's what, instead of like cornhole plastic <laughs> no it's, it's they, milk they, they that's give, what milk comes oh, in give, yeah milk and bags <laughs> yeah isn't it weird it's like a textural thing you lose a war up there what the hell happened in canada <laughs> Steven, are we at break time yet? <laughs> we are definitely at break time. All right, good. Uh, we need it more than ever. This is more interesting than talking is, about that irritating-ass <laughs> game. 
I got to say, these were a couple decent bits. We got to learn about the Blue Jays and how they get to go to the White House. I don't know. Uh, if you want to start your uh, your day with a competitive edge, Strava CBD Coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to help improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you. It can help you feel alert and focused without the jitters. It can help you live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, inducing C- including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best. The best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is in small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effects of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Already love Strava? Subscribe and save with Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. You can save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedules. I like the 20 milligram Strava uh, Strava CBD coffees with the uncaffeinated uh, variety. So I could take that right before I go to bed. I can have a little cup of joe before I go to bed. And it helps me get that deep, deep sleep we all need. Again, go to Strava. S-T-R-A-V-A, StravaCraftCoffee.com. Use code CHGO25 for 25% off your entire order. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only. One use per customers. All right, let's talk about some ugly here. Uh, I picked as my click to pick Yasmani Grandal. Mm. He was in the leadoff hole. I thought it would be, you know, a little spark here. Hey, Yaz, we're putting you up at the top of the lineup. Kind of a a he-go-we-go situation we hear with Tim Anderson. He goes 0 for 5 with 3Ks. Um, What are we thinking about Grandal? Because it was a slow start last year. Granted, he did have a lot more home runs last year. He did have a lot more walks at this time last year. Um, But it really hasn't clicked just yet for him. We talked a little bit about in the pregame. Walks have come around a little bit more recently. He's had a couple hard hit balls, but still no production just yet. And he's one of two White Sox without a hit today. Uh, Jake Berger being the other one. Uh, what are our thoughts on Grandall right now here on May 31st heading into June? He's struggling, and there's nothing that can be done. There's no words that can be said by Frank Minichino or the Howie uh, Clark, I think his name is, the assistant hitting coach, that says, oh, okay, there, I got it. He just has to play. He has to play through this. And last year was not as bad as this. But remember, he had a slow start last year, too, average-wise. On base, he was much better. He was in the 300s. So I look at the back of the baseball card and realize that he eventually will get to the numbers that we see that him usually get to. Maybe not 23 home runs that he hit last year. Maybe not 40% on base. But from here on out, if we get the regular Yaz, I'll be fine with it. Just flush all the 40-plus games that you played this year because this is not you. I know it's not you, and there's a way that you can get to where you need to be, and that's just plugging along, doing the same things you've been doing that got you to this level. He's just pressing. He's just struggling. I mean, that sack fly or potential sack fly that he hit was good piece of hitting. Mm -hmm. He was getting there. And then Danny Manning had to ruin that. And that's why he slammed the helmet, because he knows he helped his team to succeed there. He was going to tie the game up. And maybe that would have driven him to another level, because he knew that that was a good at-bat by him. 
then that just turns to a fly into a double play. 0 for 5 instead of 0 for 4 with a ribby, uh, RBI and a sack fly. So I just need him just to press along. Don't pre- don't ex- don't do extra. Just do what you've been doing to get you to major leagues and where you've been at the level that was last year. And you, oh. he, he needs to walk. Right. He needs to walk. This is this is what he's being paid to do, and uh, uh, he's being paid to hit also. But as we saw last year, he he can survive and be not just a a, a positive contributor, but a one of the best uh, you know hitters on the team. Even if he's not hitting, which is, you know, sounds counterintuitive. But uh, he was walking so much that the on-base percentage was so high that it made up for a guy who was hitting under 200 for half the season. And uh, that is not happening this year. And so it is extraordinarily glaring uh, the the inability that he has at the moment to pick up any base hits. So we, we did see a little bit over the weekend. We saw some walks in the in the three games they played uh, to close out the last homestand. Um, but... Yeah, 0 for 5 with no walks is, is not the kind of stat line you want from Yasmani Grandal. Uh, but, guys, he's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, he is – He's uh, the highest paid, he's the highest paid uh, free agent in franchise history. He's got the biggest contract in right. the history of the team. So, yeah. And, and that's not one that they're going to eat. Like, they, eating Dallas Keuchel was hurting the team. Grandal, still in the grand scheme of Major League Baseball, is an above-average catcher. So, I mean, let's let's still be able to frame this. You know, I mean, it, it, Grandal literally hopefully will turn this around. Be role. able to literally hey, frame there it. There you go. I did that. <laughs> not even on purpose, you know. Uh, I'm a poet, and I don't even know it. Uh, through 42 games last year, Grandal in 2021, nine home runs, 46 walks, 43 strikeouts. Herb, you mentioned this, I think, in one of our uh, post games last week. You know, three true outcomes need to change for him. But through 42 games last year, nine home runs, 46 walks, 43 strikeouts. Through 42 games this year, two home runs, 22 walks, 36 Ks. So an unbalanced uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio there, more strikeouts, well, more strikeouts uh, than walks here. Not a lot of power coming from Yasmani Grandal. Four extra base hits this year. Uh, it is struggling, or it's just really worrisome to see because uh, the OPS right now, 504, that definitely gone, went down uh, after today as well. So uh, he might be near a uh, 500 OPS. So it's got a turnaround, a turnaround for him, and, you know, I – can't get worse, right? The the I think the the silver well, not silver lining, but the the one thing you can lean on if you're the White Sox is Yasmani Grandal knows the strike zone and and he has shown the ability to not just walk but walk as as much and as well as any player in baseball. Mm-hmm. So he's he's got the ability to do that, and you would like to believe that a veteran's knowledge of the strike zone could help bail him out of this, even if he doesn't find it, uh, you know, from the hit standpoint. He can bail himself out by getting on base in other ways, and uh, that could happen any day now. But certainly to this point, uh, it has been extraordinarily disappointing coming from a guy who you count on to be uh, one of your most reliable hitters. Yeah, and today wasn't a good uh, day for him. We do have him versus Kevin Gosman and the fastball uh, for a graphic. It's Ooh. just it, it, it was not good for no. him uh, against Kevin Gosman today. Uh, saw 11 fastballs versus Gosman, and he swung and missed at a lot of them. He swung 10 times today, six with total, uh, swung and missed at uh, 50% of the fastballs he saw, uh, swung at six fastballs today, uh, swung and missed at three of them, uh, just real difficult. And you can see some of those fastballs. I mean, a, a lot of them just chest high, not even like at the top of the zone, like really nicely placed. Uh, you know, I mean, that is pretty much 
closing in on middle middle. Uh, it, it's a little bit elevated, but that's a pitch that we've seen Yasmani Grandal Crush. take deep. And I mean, that first at bat versus Kevin Gosman uh, ended on two consecutive swinging strikes that he was late on fastballs. And Kevin Gosman was just blowing the fastball by him. So I don't know if it's something with the bat speed here for Grandal, but it's just not clicking. And even then, the two balls that he put in play today uh, were under 90 miles per hour off the bat, and they were pitches that were 87 and 86 miles per hour thrown. So he's not doing it against speed. He's not doing it against off-speed pitching. Uh, And even uh, Kevin said, you know, don't swing at the first pitch, uh, Yaz, in the ninth inning. Like, that was out of character. He normally doesn't. So, you know, (laughs) yeah, that's the thing is, like, yeah, he's pressing and he's not getting any results uh, right now, you know, before the game, four walks in in the last three games, so some results, but uh, not where he is looking to be. Uh, And, yeah, KPW says league average, weighted runs created plus is 83. Grandal is better than average when he's bad, and right now I think he's around, like, 40 or something. So he's well uh, below average here. Uh, Steven, what's our time check here? We got three and a half to the hour. We got three and a half till the hour. Let me finish the thing with uh, Yasmani. There was a 3-0 count with him. He just lets a fastball go by, and a lot of people let that go by. The, the pitch right after the 3-1 swings right through it, and then, like you said, a 3-2 fastball, chest high, swings right through it. It wasn't any deception. It wasn't oh, any yikes. movement. It wasn't anything that you were like, okay, I get why he struck. I was like, that's a guy who's in a bad way right now. The way you turn into Adam Dunn with the White Sox uh, when his first year is by pressing. You continue to do this. I got to get a hit today. I got to get a hit today. I'm struggling today. He just needs to go away somehow. Enjoy a Tim Hortons tonight. Go and find something to do in Toronto. Some Timbits? Yeah, come back tomorrow and say, you know what? It's a new it's a new year. I don't care. I'm getting paid either way. Might as well go out and have a new season. I don't even look at my average from here on out. Right. I'm gonna start on June first. June one is my new season for Yasmani and go on from here. I'll even chart it from here on out. He needs to do that because what he's doing right now is pressing. You could see it in the bats that he had. Well, that last at bat that he had, or the the bat where in the sixth inning where he drove in the run that was supposed to be scored. That was a little bit better, but then the ninth inning bat right back to where he was doing before. And I'm glad you brought up that that third at bat that he had before that sack fly, because uh, Stephen, there is a graphic I sent in Slack. I'm sorry, it's kind of late here. Uh, that's the the balls in play. No, I just sent it in Slack. I literally just sent it because Herb mentions uh, he goes three uh, down three zero uh, versus Grandal. I guess he goes up three zero uh, versus Gosman. Uh, Grandal does. Uh, Forcing fastball, it was a ball, low, uh, and missed outside. Uh, second fastball, well below the zone, throws a splitter uh, that was in the dirt. Goes 3-0, and then gets three straight fastballs. And the concerning thing is mainly the location because uh, we're, we're getting it pulled up. Uh, I just, just sent it you know, kind of last minute here. But the three fastballs Kevin, uh, Kevin Gosman throws in a row, four, five, and six, are overlapped, basically, in the same exact spot. And that's the biggest concern is that you know, we talked about this. I was, you know, going back and watching old condensed games or full games of, uh, you know, 2014 White Sox. And uh, there was something that Hawk and Stoney mentioned where, you know, you, Jose Abreu, if you throw him the same pitch in an at-bat, he's going to hit it the second time. We saw that with Andrew Vaughn earlier. Grosman throws the splitter, next pitch, hits a home run. Yasmani Grandal faced three fastballs, 95, 94, 96. Called strike, foul ball, swinging strike. That's concerning to me. And the same at bat, three consecutive pitches getting sent down by by Heat. He is older. You know, I, I know I got 
but he won't fall off Jose the table. Ab- he won't fall off the table like that, though. I don't he know. Had a I mean, that's pretty you good mentioned Adam Dunn. Yeah, but Adam Dunn that year was just a new team. He came to try to impress the guys with a big time contract, and that's what he did. He pressed the whole year. And as somebody points out, Jason Jay points out, he had forty home runs the second year, but that first year, I think he only had eleven home runs. He had one on opening day because yeah. we were there in Cleveland, and then ten more the rest of the year for a guy who was hitting forty home runs every year. That's how this turns into an Adam Dunn season where you're just trying to get back to a level that you were, trying to get back to the 40% on base. Forget about all that. The, the numbers are pretty much solidified. It's going to be real hard to get the 40% on base for Yasmani Grandal. Just got to go with a new season now. Yes, need something to do in Toronto. You should go go get some records. Sonic Boom, good record store in Toronto that I've been to. Is Very there a nice. good uh, tropical bar there? Oh, I'm sure there is. I didn't when I was there. I, I didn't. I didn't check one of those out. I was there for one night, but yeah, I made sure to go down to the record store. Got the self-titled uh, the band album there. Canada's Canada's Ooh. finest. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Love the band. Oh yeah. Um, it, you always love a. Uh, I thought Loverboy was Canada's finest band. Mm. <laughs> well, we said the Holy Triumvirate, so I think Rush definitely has to be up there. But, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, Canadian bands where the drummers are the star, uh, the band and Neil Peart. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, you know, some, some, some sick stuff there. Also, just shout out to the Tragically Hip, uh, another great Canadian band. Yeah, great. Uh, Swinging strike percentage for Grandal, uh, I guess, is just a little bit, uh, to put some ease for fans, uh, that has been... Still down for for Yasmani Grandal. Uh, you know he's not swinging and missing a lot, so maybe it was just a bad night uh, for Grandal. But in 2020, uh, 9.9 swinging strike percentage. Uh, 2021, 7.3. This year, 7.8. Obviously, going to go up a little bit after you know six whiffs today, uh, 60% whiff rate today. But still uh, around where it was last year. So maybe it can turn around for a Grandal. But it seems like it's turning around for Abreu. Seems like it's turning around for Vaughn. Uh, not all negatives tonight in the loss. And tomorrow, a lefty on the bump. What are we expecting versus uh, Ryu? It's a tough lefty. So I'm not expecting them to do what they usually do versus lefties, but I'm expecting them to continue their good at bats they've had today and the end of the Cubs game. So maybe a four or five runs they score against Ryu. And if we can get good at pitching, we can win that game. That's a game that we need to win. We cannot go away from Toronto with zero wins. Getting swept is not ideal. And Manoa is going to have a something for us on Thursday. So getting a victory tomorrow is paramount. Yeah, Kopech versus Ryu. So you're going to like the the pitching matchup for the Sox. Uh, Kopech's been great. 129 ERA was just fantastic in Toronto. Uh, and he's coming off extra rest, which I know is the plan for uh, Kopech this season. Yeah, I think it'll be nine days between starts for him. I mean, that's a lot. But uh, again, it worked wonders with Carlos Rodon last year. So they have a reason that they're doing it. And, and we'll see. I think tomorrow the thing I'm looking for, Luis Robert, he's going to be back. Uh, I think uh, Mancata. I think uh, uh, Tony said before the game uh, that uh, that the there's a hope, there's a chance that uh, Robert could be the DH tomorrow. So um, that's that's what I'd be looking for. Which means Andrew Vaughn in the outfield again. Um, now we're having a discussion here. Uh, greatest Canadian band. Someone mentioned Arcade Fire, which I, I think is fair. No, Vinny's giving not me my, a head shake. Not my, not my style. Too new, of course. I think you might like Reflector. It's a good. I, I think that's their best album. I it's know. A, it's a I know they're. Rocky. I know they're well thought of. I. I can't say I'm very familiar, but the little limited that I've heard, not. Not really my style. The funeral is seen as like their best album, but I think like Reflector is probably more up your alley. It's more rock. I'll, I'll um, see. And some. I see. Some people are also saying uh, we can't forget to mention Nickelback, which mm. I think we we can't. Uh, we should. But I guess I just <laughs> did mention them. Uh, I mean, so, Drake's not a band, but Drake. 
No. Big Drake guy. No, I'm not. I'm too oh, okay. old for just, Drake. You're just throwing out Drake. I'm too old for Drake. Yeah, I'm, I'm also too old for Drake. Um, that's going to do it, though. We're, we're good on Canadian. We can always pick up the Canadian. Maybe what about, a, you know, well, yeah, what up. about the Kings switching to Glide? That's a good song. The Kings? Kings. Oh, the Kinks. No, the Kings. Kings. The like, Kinks are from England. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. The Kings switching to Glide. It's a good song. Look that up. Okay, I will look that up. Uh, and Bachman Turner Overdrive. Didn't and the, you know they were What Canadian? about the Guess Who? The Guess Who. Well, mm-hmm. I, the Guess Who uses the Union Jack. As their yeah, the as, guess who is from Canada, but the, don't I'm, they use? I mean, they're like blue. Well, Canada, you're talking about the who. I thought the guess who was also that no, too. No, mm. well, come Canada's on, man. Canada's come on, man. Like, like if if, on me. if the queen goes to Canada, they have to do what they she says. <laughs> She's like, go get me some tin bits. <laughs> you exactly Majesty, I'll get you some, please. Oh. That's what KPW does, right? <laughs> <laughs> he would uh, Yasmani would Commodore, enjoy the new Justin Bieber. Give me some uh, tin bits. What are the Justin Bieber Timbits? Those are just uh, donut holes, by the way, uh, for those uh, uninformed. Those Little, are Timbits uh, on the ground. Those, those are, are munchkins <laughs> over there. Uh, they, yeah. You get your milk in bags and your, 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 munchkins, are, your munchkins are Timbits, eh? Uh, that's going to do it. Fred, for... don't bring me down. Bruce! I had to do it. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. I'm getting silly. We love getting silly here, uh, especially after a White Sox loss. Sox fall to 22-23. and 6-5. Out in Toronto, Danny Mendick makes the uh, play of the game <laughs> for the White Sox. And uh, we'll see if they can bounce back tomorrow versus Hyunjin Ryu. And when they will have uh, Michael Kopech on the mound. So we'll see if the lineup looks like, if Robert's able to return, if Moncada's able to return. It will be interesting to see how that unfolds. For Vinny Duber, you can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. For Herb Lawrence, he can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a... 5.30 pregame show to preview Ryu versus Kopech, Blue Jays versus White Sox for game two of the three-game series. For Steven Nicholas, our great producer, we got to give a shout-out to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We will see you tomorrow, and go Sox.